In order to support this show and keep providing you tons of free content week after week, we need the help of some great advertisers, and we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you actually want to hear about, but we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash she and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better so that we can bring on advertisers that you won't want to skip through. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply, but again, that's P-O-D. S-U-R-V-E-Y.com slash she. Thanks for your help. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, hey, girlfriend. Today in this episode, I want to talk about something that I think so many of us women, at least in transitional seasons of life, can relate to. And that is this kind of, I guess, the struggle that can come with transition. And those years after college where, you know, you kind of have some direction, but you're trying to figure out your path and maybe you've moved to a new city or you've just gotten married or you've started a new job or something else, but maybe you're kind of in those awkward post-grad years. Maybe that is year one for you, or maybe you're in year five and you're like, hello, I graduated five years ago and I should have this figured out by now. And if that's you, this episode is for you. And I want to share with you a little bit about my personal experience in my first couple of years out of college and what that looked like for me and also some things that I learned and hopefully be able to encourage, equip, and challenge you in this area because I know how frustrating and discouraging it can be when you not only feel like you lack direction, but also like you lack community and any sense of normalcy. So that's what I'm going to dive into today. And I want to share you know, from the beginning. So let's go back to graduation. I finished college and at that point I was engaged to my husband and we had a wedding planned for a little bit later that year. And so there was this period of time that I was kind of in between. And it's funny because I thought, oh, well, I just have to get through this temporary season. And then when I get married, I'll just have it figured out, right? Like I'll just be stable and it'll be comfortable and secure. That'll be my next step. And so the few months in between graduation, you know, and then getting married later that fall was um, I lived with my parents and we were planning my wedding and I was kind of working part-time. Matt was playing football with the Steelers at that time. And so he was um, a free agent. So in this time, he was trying to secure a spot on the final roster. So he's out in Pittsburgh fighting for a job that we didn't know if he would have because cuts were made literally on the weekend of our wedding. So talk about a little bit of stress there. Um, And on top of that, you know, because that was going on, I didn't know if he would end up there permanently or what would happen. And so because I knew we were getting married, I said, well, I'm not going to go get like a, you know, job here that would, that would ground me here locally because I want to make sure I know where we're going to be first. So in this season, I was working part-time and um, also running, I had started a little bit of a photography business so that I could have something to support us in case he didn't make the final roster. Well, flash forward toward the end of the summer into the fall, he ended up getting released a few weeks before our wedding, which at least I was glad it wasn't on our wedding weekend. But it was still just kind of like, oh my goodness, major panic mode. 
what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? What's happening next? And it was still a big question mark because in that time, he could have gotten called by any other team and had to go somewhere else. So the sports life is not always the simplest life, that's for sure. Um, I think sometimes we can see things on TV and be like, oh man, those guys haven't made. But the in-between process and the trying to break in is a totally different ballgame. And so anyways, in this season, I kind of was like expecting that, well, once we got married and we settled down, it would be fine. But what I often talk about and what I often tell my friends when we talk about those early years or even just really early months of marriage is that I had this perception that as soon as I said I do and walked back down the aisle with you know a new husband, it'd be secure. But the following months after our wedding were actually some of the most unstable and insecure months in my life um, because that in that season, there was so much transition and getting used to what it's like to even be married. And then it was also a season of so much uncertainty in our careers and our jobs and our next location that it just felt like, what is going on? So um, a couple months, about a month or two after we got married, we decided to move to Matt's hometown. And the reason for that was because he had a great chance of getting picked back up by a team sometime within the next several months. And so he wanted to be able to train, to be ready. So he had his coaching there. He had all of his resources there. It was actually more affordable for us to live there. And so we went and lived with his grandparents in their casita. Thank you, Grandma and Opa, for saving our butts in our early year of marriage. It was such a blessing to get to do that. But it was also really difficult because we were in our first two or three months of marriage just trying to figure ourselves out. And now we were living with other people too and trying to figure out that dynamic. And so, and we had just picked up and moved. I mean, we literally shoved all of our wedding gifts into a storage unit. So, you know, I'm like, I didn't even get to try my new blender. Dang, you know? Anyway, so we, um, we got to Arizona. We stayed there for a while. And after a few months, we decided we need to get our own place. It would be better for us to do that. So then we moved again. So again, we moved in together after our wedding. Then a few months later, we moved into the casita with Grandma and Opa. And then a couple months after that, we moved into an apartment. So we're in month five of marriage and have already moved together three times. So (laughs) that was fun. Um, But we got into this new apartment, settled there for a few months. And when he still didn't get called, he decided to, you know, do go back into the to the working world. He decided to stop trying to play professional football and he would go back into the corporate world. He had been working in corporate for a little while prior to getting signed by the Steelers so because he graduated earlier than I did. And so he decided to try to go back to that job. Well, that job was back on the other side of the country. And so we picked up again and moved. And then we lived in an Airbnb for a few, like month and a half or so until we could find a place you know, and he got settled in his job in our in the new town. So we moved there and finally found a place. So we had been married then at that point about nine or 10 months and had already now moved into five different places. <laughs> so that first year was quite tumultuous and I was unsure where I was really taking my career. I was writing. I had a little bit of an online influence at that point. Um, I was running a little bit of a photography business and doing just different small odd jobs and kind of trying to build like, what is this and what am I doing with my job? And it was really hard because there was so much unpredictability with where we would go with his football career that it was difficult to just go get you know a job um, or like a career job. So I was trying to figure out other creative ways to work and be flexible in case we had to pick up and move. So anyways, that was my experience. But the reason I share that is because you know, I think for me, I was a little bit disheartened in that first first year or so because 
I thought, oh, okay, maybe maybe I'll like photography and that's what I'll do. Or maybe I'll like this and that's what I'll do. Or I worked for a wedding venue for a little while as a social media marketer and online kind of marketing role. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll go into the wedding business. Or, you know, I had this idea. And then when that didn't quite pan out or I wasn't able to stick with that job, I remember feeling a little bit disheartened. And I want to share that because I wonder and I would be willing to bet that a lot of you listening might feel that right now. You might be in a role or in a season or in a job that you're like, yeah, it's working. Like it's paying my bills and my Netflix account, but I'm just not really fulfilled by it. Or I just don't know if this is going to be it for my life. Right. And so if that's where you're at, I want to share this with you because this is something I had to learn. And it's literally so simple, but I think it can be actually so freeing to hear. And it's simply this. We have to get over the pressure to strike gold on our first try. Because I think sometimes we can go through our college years or we can, you know, or even our second try or our third try because we can go through this, you know, societal system of like, well, you go to college and then you get a job and then, you know, you do this and you do that. And, or maybe you try a business, you try starting something, or, you know, maybe you go into ministry or a nonprofit work or something else. And I think we have this perception of like, oh my gosh, I don't like my first job. What am I going to do? And we crumble because then we don't quite know what the next step is. And I, I look back at that first year and I'm like, man, I don't know. I, did, I didn't know the next day. I didn't even know what that night would hold. Like he could get called at any time. We could pack up and move and shove our stuff into storage again. Like there was just so much uncertainty. And then pair it with, I was in these early formative years of my career too, and what I was really passionate about doing. And I just stumbled into a variety of different things. You know, I did photography for a little while. I worked for a wedding venue for a little while. I did some tutorials on how I would study my Bible when I was growing in that way and sharing that on YouTube and stuff. And then I was using my online influence for some affiliate stuff. And there was just a variety of different things. My husband at the time, I remember he did some part-time work for a local professional baseball team. Um, So, you know, we were just kind of all over the place and trying to figure it out. And I know that so many of us can feel so disheartened when we're in a job that we're like, oh, this is just not going anywhere, or I don't love this, or I don't know what's next, or I'm all over the place. And so I really want to encourage you to first get over the pressure to strike gold on your first try. If you pack up your bags and you move across country to what you think is going to be like your golden ticket or your you know next big opportunity or your dream job, and then you get there and you're like, what the heck, this is not what I expected at all, or this is super exhausting, or I thought this was in line with my passions, but here I am stressed out and unsure what to do next. First of all, you're not alone. And second of all, it's pretty normal. So I want to normalize that because I think we live in this social media driven world and that's fine. I mean, that's a big part of what I do, but I think we can look at what all our friends are doing and we're like, oh, well, like Sally is the best nurse ever and Susie is kicking butt at her photography career and Janie is just really loving being a hairstylist and I'm over here like, help, right? Help me. I'm poor. I don't know what I'm doing. And I think that's what can make it so hard is we have this perception that everyone else has struck gold and they're just kicking butt. And you don't know, they might be just as, you know, confused and unsure as you. And so let's normalize the fact that we need to get over the pressure that it's going to all be exactly what we expect when we first get out and actually be okay with that, right? There's 
I think another thing that can be hard is in our social media kind of um, digital world, everything is so instantaneous that sometimes we forget that there is a little bit of a struggle at first. And there's honestly a, a joy and an honor in earning your dues, in kind of having to figure it out, having to struggle through some things at first, having to figure out like how do I scrounge to pay our electric bill or whatever. And so um, even if maybe you're not struggling in a financial sense, maybe you're struggling just in a fulfillment sense when it comes to your work, I really want to remind you that that's actually okay. (laughs) Um, What you're doing and what you're going to, like, I don't know, you're going to try some things and they won't always last forever and they won't always be what you do or they might be only for a season. And you're probably going to have to do some things that you don't totally love. In fact, you might have to do some things that you actually really dislike and that are really uncomfortable and that feel very unstable. But guess what? That is part of growing, girl. (laughs) That is part of growing, my friend. Like that will stretch you. And when you are stretched, that's what will actually build you into something stronger. And so I really truly believe that we as, you know, a young generation and living in this, um, this new kind of age of instant gratification and answers at the touch of a button and all this stuff, we can be so restless with our jobs or in these seasons that don't feel like they're quite it for us. And I think we need to switch our perspective before we do anything else. Now, I want to go back to when Matt and I lived in Phoenix, because that's kind of the first thing I wanted to address is just this feeling of, I don't know what I'm doing with my job. But the second thing I think is feeling like you're in a city and you don't have a lot of you know people that you know yet. Maybe you've moved across the country for a job or for a position or maybe even to get married or for adventure or whatever, and then you get there and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't really know anyone. And that feeling that can sink in of I'm just alone and I don't really have any strong connections. And you know that feeling of isolation that can come when you're in a new place and you don't really know anyone and it's kind of intimidating. And on top of that, you're trying to learn yourself, right? And where you're headed and where you're going, that's hard. I mean, I remember thinking after the first year of all this craziness, trying to try all these different jobs and businesses that I was starting and um, moving and also adjusting to marriage and all the new things. Um, I remember thinking, man, some of the hardest transitions in life that they'll tell you is getting married, moving, having a baby, getting a new job. Like there's all these different things. And I went through three of them at the same time. And so I remember I was just a a crazy mess, but it really did grow me. But I remember when we were in Phoenix, I was, you know, I had met some people and they were great, but I just felt like we were struggling to find really consistent community. Um, Thankfully, we had some family there, but we really didn't have friends that were like in our season of life. We didn't have newlywed friends. We had met a couple that we had um, gotten to know a little bit, and they were awesome, and I'm really grateful for Greg and Michelle. Um, but other than that, we really didn't have consistent community, and we were there so for such a short amount of time that we didn't, you know, it was only like eight or nine months, and so we really weren't able to develop that super well, and we didn't do the greatest job at it because we <laughs> we were just trying to like survive. And then on top of that, another reason I think I struggled with that is because that spring I had actually started to speak. Like I had a photography business, I had a little online blogging business, and then I had also gotten asked to go speak. And so I was actually traveling a lot, either for photography or to speak. And so I think I traveled like 20 times from January to April, which is insane. So I wasn't even around that consistently. And so that made it more and more difficult to really create consistent community and have, you know, build some really intentional friendships. And maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you're in a job 
job that is a sales job or it requires you to travel a lot and you're like, holy cow, this is so hard to connect with people in the three days a week I'm actually home, right? Um, And so we didn't really uh, prioritize, I guess, community as well as I now looking back wish we would have. But I'm really actually grateful for that season because it taught me now being here and in this new season and having community, how important that actually is. And it gave me insight to the difference between when you have it and you don't so that I can not only speak into it, but also be empathetic because I know what it's like to be kind of in a whirlwind and feel like I'm just lacking some grounding friendships, right? That can that can share in our season of life, whether that's another newlywed couple or maybe you're single and in a new job and trying to find some friends that can bring you in. And even if they're not in your same season, at least support and speak life into you and encourage you and really just be, you know, a support for you. So, you know, knowing me, I am such a people person that I look back and like, how did you survive that? Um, but then we moved back to Indiana. And when we got back here, we felt like we were just welcomed and we just like had community because of mutual friends and all these different things. And so I appreciated it so much more than I would have had I not really realized what it was like without it. So in some ways, it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because it really made me treasure the friendships and community that I do have um, and that will come. You know, some life is in seasons. Some seasons you're going to have awesome, like-minded community that builds you up and that challenges you and sharpens you. And sometimes you're going to walk through deserts and you're going to be like, oh, this is not as easy as I thought. But I think each one of those seasons has a purpose. I don't believe that it's good to be isolated though. So I really do encourage you to seek that out. And I want to talk about that towards the end of the episode a bit more. But you know, then we moved back to Indiana. We had this community And what happened was I was in this new community of a bunch of people that were like-minded, that loved us, that lifted us up, that challenged us, um, that were newlywed friends. A lot of them were, you know, young couples. And so suddenly we were like, oh my gosh, these people get us. What? This is awesome. Um, But then on top of that, because I'm originally from this area, I also had a ton of my friends reaching out and I wanted, and I reached out to them. I wanted to catch up. I wanted to spend time with them. And I don't know about you, but I'm someone that never wants to let anyone down. And I think what can be hard is in those few years after college, everyone kind of goes their own direction. So some of my friends were going to med school. Some of them were starting their careers and some of them were getting married. I got married. So we were all in these different seasons and we weren't all just, you know, on campus anymore. And so we had a lot of different experiences which in many ways made for great conversation, but it also made it more difficult to keep up those relationships as consistently and easily as you can in college, right? And so I remember I was like, man, I never like to let anyone down. So then what I tried to do is I tried to basically catch up and keep up with literally everyone and go to every lunch appointment I was invited to, tried to take every call from friends. I wanted to make new friends, right? And honestly, this sounds crazy, but I literally burnt out. It's like I went from one extreme to the other, having zero community to having turbo community and like everybody. And it was like, I don't know how to navigate either of these things. And so I honestly burnt out a little bit. It had to almost like retreat because I was not being very intentional or smart about how I was trying to see everyone. I just wanted to be available to everyone everywhere because 
I missed that in the season where I didn't have it so much, which makes total sense. But then I burned myself out and I wasn't a good friend to anyone. And I was really bad at getting back on text messages. And, you know, then people were like, wait, what the heck? (laughs) You know? Um, And I wasn't very good about that after a while because I just hit my breaking point. I was like, I can't keep this up. It's really hard to, you know, even if you really love people and you really care about them, the reality is, is you're going to go so many different directions. And there may be some friends who you saw every single day in college that now in your new season of one of you being married and the other one being on the other side of the country that you talk to twice a year. And like, that doesn't mean you don't love them anymore. It's just the reality of life. And there's, you know, you want to make people feel valued and you want them to know you love them. But the reality is, is I listened to this video, um, this talk not too long ago, and it was talking about how you know your relationships will change as you are in new seasons. That's just logic. That just makes sense. You will begin to have friends that are more in your season in your space, and that doesn't mean you don't care about your old friends. It's just a matter of you get to, you have to be intentional about where you're going to put your time. And there's going to be seasons that are going to challenge you, that are going to stretch you too thin, and you're going to feel like, okay, I have to really be intentional about where I'm spending my time with my relationships so that my marriage doesn't struggle or my family life doesn't struggle or I'm you know not neglecting my primary responsibilities. And then there will be other seasons where you're like, can someone please just talk to me and invite me to dinner, <laughs> right? But, um, you know, in, in this season, I remembered this old phrase that my mom would say. It was like a song that we would sing in Girl Scouts, actually, when I was a brownie troop leader, or she was our troop leader, actually. I just was a brownie. Anyways, <laughs> but she would say this. It, it said, make new friends, but keep the old. One is silver and the other is gold. And that always stuck with me because basically what that reminds me is it says, make new friends, right? So put yourself out there. Be willing to invite other people into the circle. And in seasons, you're going to have new friends because you're in new cities, new seasons, everything. But keep the old. That doesn't say steward really deep friendships with all these new friends and always be available for all of your old friends all the time. But I I would think about, oh, I have to make new friends and I have to keep the old ones. And I would basically interpret that to mean like you have to be available all the time and be deep and intentional and spend tons of time with everybody and then you would burn out, right? So I almost had to kind of look at this little um, jingle that my mom would sing to me, make new friends, keep the old, one is silver and the other is gold. And it hit me. Making new friends is something that takes some time, right? And usually when you make a new friend, you're not like diving deep into all soul, personal stuff right away. And you're not spending hours upon hours upon hours together. It's just, you're slowly building that friendship. And to keep your old friends doesn't mean that you have to spend the same amount of time with them in this season than you did with them in the last season. And that doesn't mean that they're no longer your friend. It doesn't mean that you're not willing and able to pick up where you left off when you do get to see each other. And so, you know, I kind of had to take the pressure off of, I'm not going to be available and able to be available to everyone at all times. But in the seasons that are quieter or that I don't have as much community growing, I'm going to make sure that I'm stewarding those old friends. Because looking back, what I realized was I was so focused on the fact that I'm in this city and I don't really feel like we have consistent community and I haven't really made it a priority, but I'm just exhausted, so I don't know what to do. When I didn't have that community in that space, I didn't really do a whole lot to reach out to my old friends because I was so discouraged that I wasn't making new friends. You know, I was so annoyed or bummed out that in this new season, like I wasn't finding like-minded community. And so the first thing I would say, I guess, to that or what I want to speak into that is if you're in a season where you feel like, I feel a little bit isolated, I don't have a lot of community, I want to give you a few tips to 
or to kind of jumpstart that. But first thing I want to say before I even get into that is don't make the mistake I did. Make sure that you are valuing what you did have. Even if you don't see each other all the time, be grateful for the friends that, you know, maybe old friends that make sure you keep those gold. Don't put the pressure on yourself to feel like you have to do everything with everyone. But in these ebb and flow seasons where one is busier than the other, you, you, there's going to be seasons that are all about the silver, right? Where you're making new friends, you're in a new season. And if you're not making new friends, steward the gold ones, right? Those, the old friends are going to be your golden friends, even if they don't think just like you or whatever. That's what, that's a chance and an opportunity to love them, to reach out to them, to check in with them. So I think there's a reason life is in seasons like that and that our friendships will kind of vary with different seasons. So anyways, I just experienced that tension and those vast extremes in the awkward post-grad years. And I'd be willing to bet that you have too because our friendships change and they grow. But remember that little statement, make new friends, keep the old, one is silver, the other is gold. Shout out to Grove for sponsoring this episode. Did you know 94,000 trees are cut down in the U.S. every day to make toilet paper and paper towels? Stop paying to cut down trees and try Seedling, 100% tree-free paper products. Grove Collaborative is the B Corporation that is changing the world with its beautiful and sustainable natural products like Seedling, Grove's toilet paper and tissues that are made from bamboo and sugarcane. Seedling is a practical solution to one of the world's biggest environmental problems deforestation. But it's not just paper products. From its refillable glass soap dispensers to the awesome wool dryer balls that last for over 1,000 loads, and I mean, I don't need to buy dryer sheets anymore, Grove designs truly awesome and innovative products from the ground up. Hands down, Grove makes and carries the best natural product. Each one is vetted to be the most effective, sustainable, natural product out there. Not a single product on its website can be tested on animals. And with its price matching and 100% happiness guarantee, Grove makes it easy to get the best natural deals delivered right to your door. On top of their own really innovative products like Seedling, Grove also carries a bunch of other natural brands we were already using at home. They are my one-stop shop for all of my household pet and personal care staples. Plus, life is easier and cheaper when I shop with Grove. Shopping with Grove, I can auto-schedule shipments, customize my basket, and even text a real person to get product recommendations. With price matching, I know I'm getting the best deal out there. It even beats other online retailers. When I got my first shipment of Grove, I was hooked, and I know if you try it, you will be too. If you haven't already tried Grove, you need to shop today before this deal runs out. For a limited amount of time, my listeners who sign up get an amazing free 30-day supply of seedling, Grove's tree-free paper towels, toilet paper, and tissues, plus a free 60-day VIP membership and a surprise bonus gift just for you when you sign up and place an order of $20 or more. Check out Grove and our special offer at grove.co slash she. That's grove.co slash she. Additionally, in our kind of social media society where you can literally have like 4,042 friends at a time on a platform, I think sometimes that can convert into our mind of like, oh, these people see what I'm doing, you know, on my daily basis and they're reaching out to me and, you know, we know each other or we're friends and so we better be like good friends and I need to be, you know, on and available for everybody you know, we almost, I think, have started to, in our society, begin to exchange quality for quantity because 
everybody can see everything that everyone is doing. And then you throw in the insecurities that can come with the awkward post-grad years where you're trying to figure out your life, which actually, uh, spoiler alert, never really happens. Um, It's almost that added pressure of, well, this person sees what I'm doing and I don't want them to feel excluded. And it it just is like this toxic thing that can be hard on, on relationships and on growing and on these seasons of massive growth. I mean, honestly, I kind of liken those three or four years post college to like just the amount of growth that comes from a personal standpoint to the first two or three or four years of actual life where there's so much physical growth. I see that more in a personal way in those first few years out of college. And so, you know, I think the pressure to really establish, like kind of maintain all this quantity in our world can really take away from and and subtract from quality. And, you know, the truth is you have to know, my mom always told me this, you have to know who your deep friends are, like the ones that you're like, here's my soul, please pray for me. And you lift each other up and you share like-mindedness, you share um, so much in common. They are just your friends you can spill anything to and that make you better and that they spill anything to you. Like they're your diary friends, right? But then you also have like your sketch pad friends. And what I mean by that is, you know, they're your friends that you do life with sometimes or you see on occasion. Maybe they're some of the old friends that you've grown, they've grown. You're kind of different in the way that you look at life or your worldview or whatever. Um, but you still love them, right? You just may not be going to the depths of your soul with them because you don't relate in that way. So you have to actually, in your mind, kind of like categorize, I still really love this person, um, but in this new season and in this kind of transitional season and as we're going these two different ways, are they a diary friend or are they a sketchpad friend? Because I think sometimes we see all this quantity and then we have this expectation, especially as women and how big our hearts can be. We're like, oh, and they all need to be my diary friends and they all need to know all my secrets and I need to know everything. And, and it's so heavy and it's hard to maintain. So then of course our friendships are gonna struggle. Of course we're gonna feel the tension. And then when we're in a new season and we don't have those diary friends because we're just moving there and all that's available are friends that are maybe a little bit more surface level. Like we don't know them on such a deep level. They don't know our background, right? They haven't grown up with us or whatever. And even the people that have grown up with us, some of them, you know, as you go different ways, they may not be your deepest friends. It is possible for your relationships that are newer to be deeper than some of, you know, the ones that are older. It's not just about that. But in these new seasons and in this place of transition, you need to start looking at your relationships through like, okay, is this someone that I bear my diary to and vice versa? Or is this someone that I just, you know, enjoy a meal with and we laugh over, you know, um, rom-coms, you know, or whatever. Like, it's okay to have different levels of friendship like that. And in fact, it's healthy because it helps you differentiate in your mind where to spend your time, how to love those people well, and also really steward those deep friendships well because no one can have dozens of deep, deep, meaningful friendships. And that's okay. Take the pressure off yourself with that. Facebook is not real life. Um, A couple things I want to say to just kind of wrap up is I want to give you some tips for making new friends in those spaces. And some of these I kind of wish I would have actually implemented when I was in Arizona and when I was in this new city. And honestly, they are kind of obvious, but I think sometimes it's not so much that we need to be told something new or like we need to have, you know, some sort of like, wow, rocket science kind of moment. Sometimes we just need a kick in the pants and a, hey, go do this. So from me to you, if I could say this back to myself a few years ago, I'm going to pass it on to you. And what that is, is really get uncomfortable. 
please get uncomfortable. I want to encourage you that if you're in a season of transition, um, A, don't put so much pressure on yourself to have you know all your best friends and your perfect job figured out in the first two months, but also be willing to get uncomfortable. I want you to search for activities to get involved in, and I want you to stop expecting everyone to be your best friend right away. I think we can be discouraged like, oh, I thought she and I would be really close, and like, mm, that didn't pan out. And I want to ask you to just start asking questions, and I want you to accept the fact that you may not find like-minded community right away. That's hard to do. It is hard to find people who share your beliefs, who share your heart, who will lift you up, who, you know, you also click with and vibe with on every level. I mean, that's a like that's a unique find. And so that's why they say, you know, new friends are really like silver and gold. Those are rare and those are um, really valuable resources. And so you have to remember, this isn't just something that's like available all the time. So it's normal for it to be hard and that's okay. Don't be disheartened by that. That's life. That really is life. But I often encourage my girls to actually start a community. I think sometimes we can be so focused, especially when we're in these seasons of transition and in like this isolated place or feeling like we're misunderstood or we don't have a strong community. I think we like expect it to just fall out of the sky and land on a silver platter. Like, um, hello, I've done everything right and I'm trying and, you know, and it sometimes takes work. I mean, just like my marriage takes work for it to really thrive and for it to be a, a good relationship. And we have to put work in to steward our community and to, you know, build those bonds and those relationships in the same way, you're going to have to put some work into it. And maybe you have, and if that's true and you're disheartened, I do have something for you, but I think a lot of us can sometimes expect things to just land on a silver platter, especially because we're so used to instant gratification that if in you know we're in week three or month three and we're like, okay, still haven't found my BFF, what's going on? I mean, that's actually quite normal and there's nothing wrong with you, you know, and you're not a bad friend and you're not a bad person and you're actually probably pretty hilarious and funny and awesome to be around. You just haven't found those right spaces yet and that's okay. And so I want to though encourage you to create a small group of women at your office or um, if you're self-employed, join a local Facebook group or get involved at a local church and stay to talk to people afterwards. This is something that I see millennials do all the time. They like go in and they get filled with all this knowledge and truth and encouragement and whatever and then they just leave. It's like the whole point of actually going to a building where other people hang out and obviously share your beliefs is to build community. But if you just leave because you're afraid to talk to people, that's not going to help you. So um, this sounds like so dang obvious, but I think we overlook it. And I think it's the basic things and the basic human and interpersonal skills that we miss. Like there's no magic solution to figuring out these first few years other than get back to the basics of how do I build relationships outside of Instagram and how can I use those things like social media as a tool to build real interpersonal relationships? And in what ways do I need to get uncomfortable and maybe hang out after the service, talk with another person? You know, maybe, I mean, this is something that my husband actually did in college that is a really great lesson. When he first moved from Arizona to the Midwest for college, um, he obviously didn't know anyone. And he had gone to some local church and started talking because he's a person that loves to talk to people. And a local fa or a family that was, you know, part of that community started talking to him. And they kind of really started to build a little bit of a friendship and they invited him for dinner or for lunch or something. And that family really became like his 
great friends in the in the city that he was in and took him under his wing and they've continued to stay family friends but he wasn't just going oh i need to be friends with someone who's you know i need to be friends with another guy or another freshman guy or whatever. He was like, oh, cool. These other people who may not be in the same season of life as me are really taking me under their wing and I'm going to build a friendship with them. And that friendship still exists today, like seven or eight years later. And so, you know, it's just really, really something that I encourage people to do when they feel like they're in this season. Because I mean, even Matt and I, when we lived in Arizona and it was, you know, we went back there, most of his friends had moved for their jobs, right? So we didn't have this community. But the reason we met another couple friend of ours is because we had a connection through someone and we actually went and met with them. Like we were like, okay, I'm not going to be Ako Taco about this and I'm going to show up and say, hey. And then we went to the same church as them and we built that relationship because we talked and stayed and asked questions and vice versa. So I encourage you if there's a local church or a local community group or something that you can get involved in and then stay after the actual event, mingle, meander, even if you're shy, be willing to just ask questions. You know, I think conversation can be kind of intimidating, especially with people we don't know. So here's my hack for that, okay? Here's my little solution for that because you probably don't realize this, but when I was a kid, I was pretty shy. So as much as I'm not that shy right now, I know what it's like to be shy and to be uncomfortable. Um, And the one thing I would say is, ask more questions because people love to talk about themselves. And if you can get people talking about what they're passionate about and what they're involved in, and you're showing a genuine interest in them, instead of just being like, hi, I'm new here. Can we be friends? (laughs) That's basically what you're asking them without asking them. You're asking them that by investing in them and showing you're interested in what they have to say. Even if you don't align in everything, you may not agree with everything they say, but that's how you're going to start building your first connections. Because here's the thing. You might talk to someone at you know a gym or at the church or somewhere that you go locally and you know ask questions about them learn about them maybe you don't totally connect with them but you know what could happen is you might build a little bit of a bond and a little bit of a relationship with them to the point where you get to talking about life and they say hey you know what you really remind me of my friend so and so i bet you guys would get along next time we're doing something i'll have you you know come by and then maybe because you've shown an invested interest in them they introduce you to some of their other friends And so they were the connection point. They might not be the end game. They might not be your best friend forever, but because you took time to learn and invest, they might be the bridge to someone who could be your BFF, right? So don't discredit people. Give people the chance and be willing to ask questions. That really does make a difference because it's interesting to me that not only do we live in an age that is, I mean, really, we do live in this age where we're more connected than any other generation, yet we still struggle with this. Like, I think we are almost more disconnected or more isolated on a personal, like, intentional relationship level, even though we have more access to people in our communities at the drop of a hat, you know? And so my biggest piece of advice for you is to look at what you're doing. We need to stop spending so much time watching other people's lives and seemingly perfect communities that they seem to have on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and instead start walking out our front door and up to a stranger and just being like, hi, what's your name? (laughs) And you know, this is so basic, but I think sometimes we just need to be reminded of that, to stop watching everyone else's lives and start walking out our front door and getting involved in our lives, getting involved in our neighbor's. I mean, some of Matt and I's good friends are like 80 years old because we talk to our neighbors and we like them and they're our friends, you know, and we learn a lot from them. And that's 
good. That's okay. Like, don't limit your friendships to just what you think they should look like because of your age or your demographic. You might have, you might find your best friend in an 80-year-old in this season, and sister, that is okay. So that's my biggest thing is stop watching people's lives and start walking into people's lives instead. Start asking questions, investing in them. Even if they don't end up being your BFF, they could be a bridge to your BFF or just someone that you learn something from. And if you keep doing that, you're going to build more and more connections and you know mutual friends. And that can lead to a lot of really awesome things that otherwise wouldn't have happened. The last thing I want to say is sister... I know that this isn't easy. I know that seasons of transition can feel like your life is 100% upside down and it can create a lot more insecurity than you'd otherwise have. And on top of that, when you don't have the community and the support and the job that you're not loving, it's just a, a recipe for disaster. One other thing that I wanna put out there is another resource that might be helpful for you. Maybe you're like, I've tried to connect with people at the gym. I've tried to go to local churches and I'm just not having any luck. Another thing that might be helpful is in my programs, there's a community element to every single one of the programs I have online. Um, one specifically that I love is called the She Refined Project, and that is a community of thousands of women from all over the world. It's a faith-based resource. So if you are a woman who wants to grow closer to God or learn more about that, or you're a Christian and you want to grow with other women in that community and just aren't having luck in your um in your city or your new town or wherever you're at, this would be a possible great resource for you to get involved in. There's a community group of over 4,000 women that are from all over, so you're likely to find a gal that's somewhere near your city or somewhere close to where you're at that might be able to point you in a direction of a, a a church or um, a gym or a local group that you might love, or she might want to get together for, for coffee with you. So that's a great resource. And all my programs do have this community element because uh, most of my gals that listen <laughs> into my episodes and that read my stuff, most of them are in those transitional seasons. 18 to 32 is a very transitional season of life from you know moving across the country, graduating college, getting married, seeing our friends get married, all these different things. So I intentionally provide a community element to all the resources that I have available online, all the courses, programs, et cetera. She Refined is a 12-month program, and it's just a great place to not only grow in your faith and in your personal journey, but also with a bunch of other women. So I encourage you to check that out on my website or just go to sherefinedproject.com and learn all about it and see if it'd be something for you. Okay, girl, so that's all I have for you today, but I just want to encourage you to remember that even if this season is hard, it is okay that it is hard. It is okay and it is normal and there's nothing wrong with you. If you're in your third year of struggling or your fifth year of struggling along and you're like, when does this get easier? Girlfriend, life is hard. It's not meant to be easy, but I promise you it's refining. And I know from personal experience that this hard transitional season you're walking through, that is gonna make you so much stronger. If you liked today's episode, would you consider leaving a review in the podcast app or wherever you listen? If this show has helped you grow into the she you were made to be at all, taking 0.3 seconds to leave a review would mean the world. This helps the show grow so I can keep researching, creating, and providing new content to help you make your life better every single week. If you leave a review, be sure to share a screenshot of it on your Instagram story and tag me so that I can personally thank you. Thanks so much, sister friend. You are the best. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. 
This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton with the help of Jackson Willis. Visit LastingMediaGroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.